This week's major spoilers podcast is brought to you by the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Joel A. Maroney, Kevin Hall, The Mongoon Show, Andrew Irwin, Trevor Ivalugit, Ruperto Lawson, Michael Kaiser, Ethan Boyd, Fisher Mallard, I think he was in uh, that one movie with Johnny Five, Craig Brigman, Tawny Jacobson, Aaron Barnes, Dominic LaFord, Douglas Hopkins, Hannah Jones, Jorge M. Taranji, Jimmy Dunn, Ramiro Barrapalma, Nathan Olson, Christopher Singer, Steve Jukas, Jeffrey Domingo, Antonio Juan Suarez Colon, Gregory McCausland, Paul Lundeberg, Antonio Arzias, Ahmad Abed Elaziz, Eric Krentz, Troy Huff, Carl Stenberg, and Justin Higgins. Fine and faithful spoilerites all. We'd love to have your name join them in the hallowed ranks of spoilerosity, which would mean a future Major Spoilers production would go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot Zach's in the show now. Nailed it. Nailed it. Let's and just I'm leave Steven, that in. and you're listening to the Major Spoilers <laughs> podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, just sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started in 2006 on our Major Spoilers ship. The mate's a hipster sailing guy. The skipper likes Batman. The fat guy and Rodrigo can't quite ever figure out who gets to be the professor the news reviews and tpbs make every show a treat and thanks to the awesome podcast crew we never miss a beat so join us here each week my friends you'll sure to have fun there because the major spoilers podcast is officially on the air obviously matthew didn't uh, rewrite his intro after that uh, great uh, intro by rodrigo <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to issue 568 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> oh, God. We want to thank each and every one of you for sharing this show with someone. Uh, we love keeping it free. We want to continue to keep it free. And we want to thank right. everyone uh, that we shouted out at the top of the show and all of our Shout uh, out. bronze, silver, and gold sponsors. If you want to join on, head over to members.majorspoilers.com. Uh, become a VIP. Help us reach our goal. A lot of good things coming. Um, coming. Yeah. A lot of good things coming. Yeah. Including <laughs> Captain America three already here. Already Didn't they here. Just do Captain America two. Oh, wait, Captain no. Captain America three. Yeah, Captain America, the yet. winter soldier. God, what are you, what's wrong with right. you guys tonight? I don't know. Numbers <laughs> that's, are hard. That's Captain America. Yeah, see, here's, here's the thing. Here's the problem. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was 2007. Right. <laughs> and Zach's, 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 yeah, Zach's is 2016. Luckily for me, I, it's always 1994 in my head, so That's we're right. good to go. Now that explains your flock of seagulls haircut. So, uh, That's Catherine, 1982, you student. You never, you even in 1997, you were still wearing that. So don't look I'll at me. No, I had a Kentucky waterfall. Thank you very much. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I've, that's that's what you call it. Don't search for that on the internet. Why? <laughs> Captain America 3 arrives in 2016. 
That's pretty good well, news, especially after seeing Captain America the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. That movie was awesome. And listeners, if you want to find out what we really thought of Captain America the Winter Soldier, you can go get a special Major Spoilers podcast episode that we recorded. It was Zach and me and Rob and D&D Brian. We sat down like 20 minutes after the movie was over, recorded our thoughts, put them up online to share with you completely for free. For free. And so it doesn't come as a surprise that we're going to get a third movie in this no, series. No, no, no. I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, I am too. And I'm really looking forward to how soon DC announces that Batman is moving its, or Man of yeah. Steel Batman is moving its release date. Yeah, the reason is because uh, House of Mouse went ahead and said, <laughs> hey, guess what? Captain America 3 opens May 16th, 2016. Oh, yeah. DC, is that the same time your supposed uh, Batman versus Superman movie is supposed to come out? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Gauntlet Throne. Well, yeah, they already yes. they had an, a untitled project set for that date right. for a while right but right now then it was rumored for a little bit that it was gonna be captain america 3 now they're like uh, <laughs> how much money do we make this weekend yeah no we can we can we can do that which yeah, yeah. we'll make the same that date. yeah captain america made like something like 303 million dollars worldwide made 96 that million dollars uh... made 96 million dollars stateside in the opening right. weekend which makes it the second highest uh april opening ever um the very first iron man just beat it out at 98.2 million, something like that. And that's impressive. Nice. That is very is, impressive. Captain America 2 is like six films in, or more than that, to this whole Marvel thing. Well, so it's got Hunky McCunkerton in it. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's at least 15 million in my dollar. <laughs> that dude is, he's, man, you huge. see him, he's like huge, man. It's insane. I'm going to reduce myself down to a 120-pound weakling and then take some... Uh, uh, yeah, secret uh, soldier serum <laughs> and electrocute myself and get oh, some Steve. big old buff muscles like Steve Rogers. That would be Steve. insane if that worked. It would. I've known you I've for seen 25 years. 25 years. And even when you were young and muscular and, and straight off the track team, you were never going to be a 105 pound weekly. Oh, I don't think Steve Rogers is 105 pounds. He's like 120. Or I think they said yeah. something like 140 in this oh, movie. There's no way. Uh, when he was in That's his weakling state. Yeah, maybe. I was 120 pounds once, and then in the seventh grade. Oh, I was going to say, then year two. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't so do it. Is this, uh, is this Marvel finally just saying, yeah, we're not afraid of you anymore, Marvel, or we're not afraid of you anymore, DC? Is that what's going on here, Rodrigo? I, uh, I think it's... It's a little bit of that. I, I don't. I don't think they were ever afraid of them. Yeah. But this is... You know, to a large degree, a, a direct challenge. Usually, um, companies will uh, work together to a certain degree so that they are not indirect competition. You know, you, right. you usually don't see two or three action movies opening on the same weekend. You see, like, action movie, romantic comedy kind of thing so that, you know, the audience gets split and there's not too many problems. Mm -hmm. And very frequently, we see... Uh, a movie announced and then a movie get uh, shuffled around uh, clearly after some talking in between like between uh, either between studios and even between divisions of the same studio mm -hmm. um, so that these can happen. This is this I, I think for people that are keyed into the industry, this does seem like a direct challenge from Marvel to DC to a large degree, even though um I mean, Marvel Marvel movies belongs to Disney, but there seems to be a lot more Marvel control to Marvel Studios than 
the movie arm of DC, which is actually, or, or rather that than 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 Warner Brothers, right? Right, it, it, right. In a lot of ways, it seems that Marvel is driving Marvel Studios, but Warner Brothers is driving Warner Brothers. The, the, right. And and DC movies come from Warner Brothers, get instigated by Warner Brothers, who is basically just using DC's properties. Yeah, and I think that's um, what what's really kind of cool. Someone pointed this out on Twitter today, and it's just like you know, Kevin Feige, Feige, Feige is uh, is really what is making Marvel Studios work mm-hmm. because uh, Disney's just saying, okay, you run it. We can step in if we need to, but you need to run it and develop it and make it grow. And I think that's what he's doing. He's doing a great job of it. Um, whereas when you look at Warner Brothers, it's bean counters figuring out, you know, what's going to make us the most money now mm-hmm. kind of to counter, you know, uh, the concern that some people have had. I've heard rumors that we're going to see this date was going to get pushed back anyway. Um, Batman. Yeah. The Batman, the Superman, Superman, Batman movie Batman. was going to get pushed back anyway, mm-hmm. maybe to as late as December of 2016. Well, yeah. I mean, they announced There's, a movie without a script, without anybody really cast for it. So no, they, they had the I mean, script written when they announced it. They had the script. Did they? they had the script written. Well, now they just keep it rewritten with Affleck coming on, there was word that he had his script writer come in and totally rewrite it. Um, there reportedly he had an injury ouch is right mm-hmm. and so they think that that's pushed it back um they have begun shooting some of the bits for it yes but <laughs> there's stuff like they weren't even going to start shooting until uh, originally they were supposed to start shooting in may mm-hmm. of this year but uh it may get pushed back a little bit then so mm-hmm. i think for this especially the batman movie i think it's really in flux um, or the Superman movie, Man of Steel. You know Steel what's crazy too. is that we actually keep referring to this as a Batman movie when it's actually a Man of Steel sequel. A Superman. Well, <laughs> they that that's what they're that's what they've positioned it as. I know that's weird. Now, all of the stuff that we have heard that's really exciting is positioned as part of the Batman. Thing, well, and but, I think and I think the only reason why that is is because we knew that um, Superman, Lois Lane, uh, Perry White, uh, what's her name, Jenny Olsen, that those those actors were all coming back. That was already a given. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can announce anything new with the exception of the introduction of Lex Luthor, which we have Mm -hmm. and Batman. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's wondering about the costume. We've already seen the Superman costume. Now everyone's wanting to know what's this big reveal about the Batman costume. Uh, So yeah, there (laughs) tends to be a lot more of that. And of course you've got the wonder woman Mm -hmm. news thrown in. So everybody's interested in Gal Gadot. And, um, and so I can see people turning their attention more away from Superman and focusing more on the other aspects. Yeah. Uh, and also thrown in with that is the Justice League movie, which, what, 2017? Is that what yeah, they were talking about? Away. Quite a ways away. <coughs> but, uh, so, let's say both movies release the same day. Mm-hmm. You have to choose one. It's, it's, a, it's the midnight showing. You have, can only go to one. Oh, well, you it'll, have be, to it'll be easy. It'll be Captain America 3 first. Yeah. And then the next morning, sure. at the 10 a.m. show, when I've got the theater to myself, <laughs> so I can take off my pants, I can sit there and watch, Why you your watch pants, Batman. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take off your pants in a movie theater? Well, I don't know. That's not how I eat my popcorn. Don't you take off your pants when you're watching a movie? I do. Depends if I'm wearing two pairs of pants. There you go. Let's not continue this or speak of it ever I think what it is is there there is a 60-year history of the well, the corporate culture, since it's not the same people, of DC and Marvel tweaking each other's noses. And I think that this is not necessarily a direct extension of that, but people are reading it as a direct extension of the Marvel and DC rivalry that we've seen, you know, Dan DiDio poking at Joe Quesada and back and forth. But I, I think it's interesting, though, when 
you say Captain America 3, do we know anything about no. that movie other than the fact no. that they're going to do another that's, Captain America? That's just the title. We don't we know anything in, about we the... In, we could infer a lot based off we'll the know. ending of Captain America 2, what could possibly happen. Well, but there's going to we'll, be there's gonna be two more movies in between there. Yeah, we're we're going to have, have Avengers 2 before that. Avengers 2 and Ant-Man before this movie arrives. When is Black Widow yeah, supposed to be selected? That hasn't even done anything I think anything if you look yet. at the trajectory of individual movies based off Thor 2 and Captain America 2 that we've seen even post-Avengers... Avengers really hasn't had much of an effect on plot lines. Until tonight's, Tuesday's, Agents right. of S.H.I.E.L.D., where the two storylines converge and they explain how they're going to continue on with a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. When she, well, sorry, I can't spoil la, 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 the end la, la, of that movie. I'm not listening. So there you go. But I, if, I'm going to guess that the events of Captain America 2 will affect the story of 3 Probably. more than any any Avengers movie or Ant-Man or anything will affect yeah. it. Yeah. It'll be a continuation of where it's we saw Captain character. America mm-hmm. doing at the end mm-hmm. going to find person. Yes. It's his solo title. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it yet, uh, Rodrigo? Yeah, I did. I got a, I got a chance to to go see it. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Glowing review. <laughs> From Rodrigo, oh, that is a glowing no, no. review. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought it was it was nonstop action, yep. mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, it had a kind of a very, like, it struck me as a very 70s plot, mm-hmm. um, which is good because, you know, Captain America, we did a 50s plot. Now we're doing a 70s plot. Eventually yep. we'll catch up. Yep. No, but but it was good. It was good. I liked it. Um, I think there was no reason whatsoever for the Winter Soldier to be in it. Um, mm. And yet he somehow gets to name the movie. It's kind of like... Uh, it's, it, it to me it really it really struck me uh kind of similarly to how uh, you know um they did uh Batman Forever and that's when uh, they first introduced introduced Robin in that Batman line right and then the next movie was called Batman and Robin even though Robin had already been introduced <laughs> and they and actually really do much in that yeah time. and they actually introduced bad girl in that one it kind of felt similar to that it's like this movie's called the winter soldier but i felt that you could actually substitute the winter soldier for any other like high profile villain and not and the movie wouldn't have changed well we're gonna get that. our hands on a copy of uh ed brubaker's the winter soldier run uh-huh. and uh see how that uh, aligns with the movie okay. In a couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Speaking of movies, Battlestar Galactica, the movie looks like it's not dead in the water at Universal. Who's interested in seeing Battlestar Galactica? Battle in the stars. Is is it tied to the original? Don't know. Again, all we, we know is that there's Dirk a writer. All we, no, I doubt it. I, all I know is that uh, there's been a writer attached to write it. Um, the same guy who's writing the Transcend- Transcendence. The uh, Keanu Reeves movie is it Keanu Reeves or who is, no, who is that? It's, uh, uh, Jack Sparrow. Oh, Jack, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Same guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, one says whoa, and the other one says hello. So they're um, different. So yeah, that's that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know whether it's tied into 
2000, uh, what is it, yeah. 6 series, the original series, Battlestar Galactica 1980, or whether it's a whole new reboot. Oh, it will of not the... be Galactica 1980. Good. There is that many Galactica series. Even the well, creator has disavowed into Galactica yeah. nineteen eighty. Where they find her. Do Earth. not ever watch Galactica nineteen eighty, Zach. Trust me. Okay. I watched this mess when it came out and I was ten. And at ten you're supposed to go, Oh, this is the awesomest thing ever, even though it's crap. No. I looked at Galactica nineteen eighty and went <laughs> That's how I went. And this was in my pre curmudgeon days. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't yet evolved into a curmudgeon. Not even in that oh, weird hey, I was, phase. I was still a Pikachu mudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Archie Comics is going to kill Archie Andrews. Wow. How's the company going to survive when they kill off their uh, title character? It's 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 the alternate future Archie Comics. Oh yeah, yeah. That's of course. That's the that's the uh, thing. It's it's part of the afterlife with Archie, or not afterlife with Archie. Afterlife. Life afterlife. with Archie. That would be Although, a good you know, now. if that happens and and we see Archie Andrews get killed in Afterlife with Archie, now that'll be interesting. Um but uh Life with Archie series, we've seen that go. It's been going for a couple of years now. Uh the first one was uh you know, uh, Archie took two different paths. One way he ended up with Veronica and we got to see how that storyline played out and then he backtracked and went down the other fork in the road and we got to see how it worked out with uh with betty and now we're getting to the part where um apparently if you believe the cover <laughs> someone shoots uh, archie in the gut oh no well gut i think that's a, just archie. a kind of a take on uh, captain america gut shot archie is it really I think so. He shot in the gut. That's the uh, probably the only time that I've seen uh, a character captain bleeding america out on the cover uh, when they show him laying on the ground, he's uh, got his hand in the same spot, blood all over his gut. Okay. So, I mean, he's not laying on his stomach. Now, is this the last issue? No, 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 no. Um, this is just another another beat uh, in the Afterlife with Archie, or the Life with Archie series. Because uh, 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 issue number 37 the then will... Says it's- the last issue. No, it doesn't. It says Life with Archie 36 shows Archie's final moments. Then number 37 leaps a year into the future, showcasing how the remaining members of the Riverdale gang have honored the legacy of their dear friend. And then it's they will be collected. Two says they will be collected in an upcoming Life trade with paperback. Archie 36, the final issue in the flashed forward series. Uh, no, it says Life with Archie number 36 and 37 with a trade paperback collecting the entire story. Look, look. Look at paragraph two, where I'm it says life with Archie it. number 36. You read all You're the way down to the bottom. Four. Yes, where it's saying issue number 37. Four. You can't have a you can't have yes. 36 being the final issue with a 37 coming out after. OK, it says in the press release, well, 36 is the final issue. Well, with the flash forward series, maybe, but there is an issue 37 life with Archie. OK. This is a confusing press release. Well, blame Alex Segura, the press release person over at Archie Comics for that then. Because now maybe we'll just jump back and it will be a regular timeline. Maybe. I Interested in more than Archie. You don't know anything about there Archie? There are like 15 no, monthly Archie. No, I know no Archie. They do pretty good. They do a pretty good job with their Archie titles. And this one has been a fairly popular series. Uh now they have a new um a new person on board uh, that I believe kind of made this decision. Um, mm. So maybe they are killing it off the book, but I think that there could be like Jughead's double digest. I would probably kill off before life with Archie. How long has Archie been yeah, writing? I think, 
For longer I don't know. than I'm longer, alive, right? Yes. When was the first issue of Archie? Back in the 1930s? 1940? 19, Holy crap, seriously? I want to say the spring of 1940, yeah. Wow. Big deal? Not a big deal. 39 is when Not Archie Comics deal. was founded. I, you know, I think it's kind of a big deal whenever uh, publishers like uh, DC and, and Marvel are killing off characters left and right or rebooting an entire universe. I think for a character who, to my knowledge, hasn't died in the comics <laughs> uh, to have been around since 1939 and finally kicking the bucket, I think that's a pretty good deal. And I think that's a pretty big deal. And I'm certain it's going to draw in. Um, sure, sure, it's going to draw in a lot of readers. Dormant Archie fans. Or new Archie fans. Sure. Here's a here's a Betty and Veronica leaning over him and crying and freaking out over the the uh, ketchup stain all over his shirt. Oh no! Do you care about this, Rodrigo? Uh not really. I haven't uh, probably haven't cared about Archie comics since about the forties. Um, so uh, I don't know. I I was a little bit interested in the like forking path um idea but only in the most academic of ways um haven't been <laughs> haven't been following the uh zombie archie stuff like oh, man, I, I don't know read, i think I, I i really don't think that i do um it it combines two things i really don't care about archie and zombies oh man um you so, are missing out uh, correct um so I'm no, I'm 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 not interested in in how Archie dies or um, who Archie picks or uh, who gets to eat Archie. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, there is a new want list that has been released this week. Two of them, actually. Uh, one's an audio version featuring yep. Zach Hello. this week talking all about Marvel products. Yep. And then we do one that is an unboxing episode of a new Batgirl yeah, statue, cool which is statue. pretty cool. Yes, very it cool is. Statue. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, if you want to buy that Batgirl statue, you can click on that Amazon.com link over at Majorspoilers.com. That'll take you to the uh, to the Amazon site. You can do a search for Bombshell Batgirl statue, or you can do a search for, who knows, Archie, uh, um, the Archie movie. That a thing? That no. was a thing. Return to Riverdale was the movie. You don't want to watch that. Either. You could go get a collection of <laughs> Battlestar Galactica 1980 on uh, VHS. Same. The cool thing about this is, oh, maybe you can go buy and pre-order Captain America the Winter Soldier on Blu-ray. Cool thing is Ooh. you're going to pay the same price. A little bit comes back to us and helps us continue to produce shows like this week after week after week. So there you go. Um, let's do some reviews. A book I'm pretty excited about this week from Boom Studios, Lumberjanes number one. I didn't know really what this book was about, except it had some funky art and it features an all girl cast at a uh, girls camp in the woods. Now, these aren't your typical Girl Scout type um, heroines characters. Okay. These are girls that are, I don't know, a little bit... Um, I'll say punk rock, but kind of that way. Um, they're, you know, they're all about empowerment. Eh, maybe shouldn't even say empowerment. They're just very strong characters, each and every one of them. And uh, this issue opens up. And for a minute, I thought I was reading the second issue. 
because this issue opens up in the middle of the story where they're out in the woods fighting spiritual three-headed fox demons. <laughs> and uh, not three-headed, three-eyed fox mm-hmm. demons. Kicking the crap out of them. Getting some cryptic warning. And um, looking for a bear woman monster. <laughs> and then going back to their camp and getting in trouble and the mystery continues. So it's kind of a little bit like Scooby-Doo mysteries. Um, but without the, uh, the dorky male characters and a big giant great Dane, um, there are, I think one of, I want to say five, five best pals are going to have a good summer together. I, and, uh, they're going to girls camp. And I, that was the one part that I thought was a little strange. Now, granted the uh, girls camp is not your typical, what you would imagine girls camp to be like, uh, you know, your 1970s vision of that. Um, this is more of a, um, eh, you know, it's, it's more updated. Uh, it's not just all girls learning archery and those kinds of things. Um, the art is really cool by uh, Brooke Allen. And I like this story a lot. I want to read issue two. It's kind of hard to tell you a whole lot about this, the story without giving a lot, a lot of the plot reveal away. Mm. Although I think by the time you reach the end, you kind of know who, the big bad is so that when it comes to the unmasking, you don't go farmer, John, I would have gotten away with it too. If it hadn't been for you five girls. Um, so this is from uh, boom studios, boom box imprint. It is targeted to an all ages. I didn't find anything in here that was really, um, off putting. So I think anyone from, you know, reading age on up, uh, can pick this up and enjoy it. It's kind of got the same kind of style that you might see in, um, regular show or adventure time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very loose and fluid, uh, especially with uh, joints and those kinds of things. Um, but it's a good book. I, I think people should go check it out. I'm going to give this four slices of meatloaf. That's Lumberjanes number one out this week from Boom Studios. Did they ever cut down trees? No, they don't. Mm. But do they like to press wildflowers? No, they don't. That's what I'm saying. It's like. At any moment, you expect them to whip out their guitars and start uh, jamming on some oh. uh, some uh, hardcore punk songs. Do they use axes as weapons? No, they don't. Dang. In this case, they're using their, what do they call it? The uh, Red Hood, the Red Hood Formation. Because they're out in what the woods that? and they're, one of them is wearing a little Red Riding Hood uh-huh. kind of cloak. And they're like, Red Hood Formation when these wolves start attacking. And then, of course, they just start kicking the crap out of these wolves but they leap on each other's shoulders and spin around it's very humorous in the way that they have their battle very cool um you can tell that this is like their first kind of real adventure together they've not Mm -hmm. planned things out so it's not like they're (laughs) they're mystery solving people they just went to have a good time and now they've stumbled upon this uh this mystery so um it's it's really good i really like it a lot written by grace ellis and noelle stevenson art by brooke adams boom studios pick it up all right, Matthew, you uh, picked up Aquaman and the others. That was out last week, right? It was last, uh, probably Wednesday when the books come out. All right. Aquaman and the others. And apparently, if you've been reading along in the Aquaman, you know that the others are a group of, I wouldn't necessarily say superheroes, but superhumans which with, with which Aquaman was associated before he was in the Justice League. So let me ask you this. Uh, there, is this, yes, sir. Is this essentially Batman and the Outsiders? Um, I'm going to be snarky for a moment and say no, because Batman and the Outsiders was good at the beginning. Ah, okay. Uh, but not exactly. Essentially, this issue starts with a quick flashback to thousands of years ago, King Atlan of Atlantis, 
<clears throat> murdering a mysterious alchemist over the possession of certain bars of magical gold. Now, I believe, and I say that I believe, and I say this because I know, that this gold eventually became weapons that are used by the others, including Aquaman's, well, it's not really a trident anymore. It's got five things, so I guess it's a, what do you call it? A quintident. A pentident. A pentident. Pentident, thank you. Aquaman's big fish fork sticky thing. Um, there used to be more others, and I did miss an issue or two of Aquaman, so I'm not sure what happened to the rest of the others. But this issue starts assembling the others. Now, the problem that I have with the others is that it's kind of a cool name for a group up to the point where you try to actually look at it and say, okay, how does this work as the title of a book? It sounds very generic as the title of the book. Yeah. And I find the problem with this issue is that all of the characters feel likewise generic. We start with Prisoner of War. That's a pretty cool name. Prisoner of War is a guy who has magical chains on his wrists that allow him magical powers of some sort and is haunted by his dead uh, fellow soldiers. Kind of a cool concept. I like him. Artistically problematic. I don't know if he transforms magically when he puts on his mask or what, but there's a point where in one panel he is out of his uniform wearing a jacket and a backpack. In the next panel, he's masked and in full prisoner of war garb. There's a couple of things in the fight sequence that don't follow for me. The storytelling feels a little loose. We see Yawara, who is a half-naked woman, which... Don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with being a half-naked woman. It's kind of a thing in comics. Her powers, likewise, like Prisoner of Wars, are not working. She has, again, a piece of gold and a gold magic and can no longer teleport herself. Her choker, I believe, is magic. And as we go through the issue, we meet the rest of the team. We meet Sky, who is some sort of, uh, I believe, either American Indian or proto-Indian type character, um, Native American, whatever you want to call it, the operative, who is an operative, and literally not only has a generic name, but a generic costume. His costume is a full-body blue suit with stuff that looks like kind of a combination of Nick Fury and um, the skull-faced guy from uh, uh, Modern Warfare. Hmm. And as you know, this, this is the biggest problem I have with it. There's nothing structurally wrong with the story. Something weird is happening with their weapons. So the remaining, the others are drawn together, including Aquaman to figure out what's going on. And the MacGuffin is what's wrong with our magic. It's a pretty strong story. Artistically, everybody looks okay. Again, I mentioned there's some inconsistency and there's a moment where Aquaman suddenly shows up. But it's not clear in the story how the thing works. We see the operative in battle. We see him facing right off page. And then you hear a voice from off screen. We cut to a different perspective, what you'd call metaphorically a camera angle that reverses the image and confuses me because it looks like Aquaman is leaping out of the water behind him and attacking someone who looks just like him. So artistically, it's, it's an okay book, but it's, not clear in the storytelling. The, the, the way the panels are broken down bother me. And I didn't look at the creators until after I had read the book and said to myself, this could be better. 
And I, I want to make it clear that while I do have my little fake thing about Dan Jurgens, the writing in this issue is a little choppy. And I have some real issues with just the way it all comes together. It's kind of bland. And I think the best part about it for me is at the end, we see a little flash forward to the evil dead future that we're going to see in Future's End, which which I believe is going to also transition us into DC's coming uh, spoilery jump into the future. Yeah, year five or whatever it is. Or what is it? Yeah, the five years. Five years into the future. Something like that with Batman Beyond. But all told, this issue is just kind of very down the middle, very bland. Two slices of meatloaf. Probably a little bit below average because while the art isn't bad, it has shortcomings. While the writing isn't terrible, it's unclear. And it has shortcomings. And the combination just kind of makes me feel like I, I don't really need more of the others. And don't get me wrong. It could pick up. It could be awesome and wonderful in the next few issues. And I'll probably at least look at it because I expect that this will come into the back issue bins at some point. Is this an ongoing I don't, or is I don't this a limited this, series? I believe it's an ongoing. I believe it's a second Aquaman ongoing. Hmm. Um, there's no indication on the cover, as DC sometimes does, that it's one of six. But as you'll note from Hawk and Dove and Static in the new 52, even an ongoing can be a limited. So I'm sure if it picks up, it will be an ongoing. If it doesn't pick up, they'll get to a natural arc break point, and that will be their trade paperback of Aquaman and the others. Cool. So two slices of meatloaf. Kind of disappointing. Yeah. Even more disappointing because it's Dan Jurgens, right? Well, mm, it's like, that's it's like one I of those things where the worst combination of writer and talent and artist for you be like Alex Ross and Dan Jurgens teaming up. No, I think the worst combination for ever anything would probably be, and you know, forgive me if you are a fan. Um, I would say probably Rob Liefeld pencils and writing by Jim Lee all by himself. Hmm. Um, but again, <laughs> that's me. And you can, you, you, you love what you love. People love what they love. There's nothing wrong with loving what you love. I think that a confirmation bias is in play when I read a book, don't like it, see that it's written by Dan Jurgens, and then say, oh, so that's why. <laughs> Which is, you know, I I don't want to fall into the trap of I I think this is worse retroactively. I read it, I wasn't really impressed. I also want to know why a character called the Operative has a letter I on his forehead. So if you could send your answer to podcast at majorspoilers.com for why does the operative have an I on his forehead? Uh well, I'll oh, love you forever or something. I got it. He okay. is actually the uh highest ranking operative from the vatican oh he's operative one yeah is a roman numeral oh that makes perfect sense you're a brilliant brilliant man oh thanks uh speaking of rodrigo let's take a look at what you have this week forbidden love this is actually I'm a really rodrigo. short this is actually a really <laughs> short uh story i read this today <laughs> yeah it is uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about about the the, the site uh in general so uh we were i think steven was contacted by jesse young uh this guy named jesse jesse okay. young um and he's like hey i got a site where i got some comics up um so the one that he's kind of uh have front and center the most recent one he's done is uh called forbidden love 
Uh, it is. It has art by um, Artyom Trakhanov, uh, who has done some other stuff, even I think for um, for the uh, more mainstream comics. Uh, but uh, so this is the story. This uh, whole story is kind of told as a um, through uh, excerpts from a letter. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because it's it's a short comic and kind of uh, relies on uh, you kind of discovering uh, the, the the story page by page. So mm-hmm. um, it comes together well. I'll say that. Um, the art is cool. It's very um, it's very stylized. You know, you have things where like uh, everything will be red, except for like a single character who's in the foreground who's like blue. Even though this takes place in the Wild West, and presumably everybody has normal skin colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the majority of the comic is blue or red, or kind of an orangey color. Or both at the same time uh, takes a lot of kind of liberties with paneling and stuff like that. So it's 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 a very interestingly put together comic, and that's kind of what you're looking at uh, when you go see uh, Jesse's work at Write Jesse Write. It's kind of these uh, small comics that are either experimental or kind of snippets of um, of a of a of a larger story that kind of get you thinking. Uh, either about the story itself or the world they're set in or kind of like the consequences for the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this one was, wasn't this one an experiment to work on lettering? Was that, I think was that so. How this one he came about? about, he talks about it uh, a little bit, um, but it's kind of, it's also this, um, uh, it, it kind of started out as this collaboration between him and uh, Tarkanov. Um, he just uh, kind of um, basically the they kind of started talking back and forward and they were like, well, what if we build it this way? And they were like, well, let's take it kind of let's take it up a notch and see if you can do something different uh, with the lettering. And um, the lettering then kind of became this like interesting little fixed point that changed the the way that the comic was working. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what, what Steven is referring to is that there's like, like a five paragraph intro to this comic. Literally the intro to this comic is larger than the comic. Right. Um, so, and I think the majority of the stuff that's on the site has stuff like that. So you kind of get like this, uh, the, the genesis of each of these comics uh, before you read them. Um which uh, ought to be to be perfectly honest for all of them I just skipped them because um, I didn't I kind of didn't want to either get it spoiled or, or or anything like that and then after I was done I went back up and read it um, I don't I don't feel that they really would have detracted from it but uh, just I, I I was I was afraid that there was going to be something that uh, for example there's a kind of not not a point of view shift but there's a big twist like basically there's a there's a twist to this thing you know of who he's basically when you figure out who he's writing to and why he's writing it it's a big deal and i didn't want that to get to get spoiled um forbidden love that definitely is a probably a four slice of meatloaf affair i mean it's uh, because it's very short um it doesn't have any time to screw anything up 
Um, and it's just kind of it's 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 very to the point. The art on it is great. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of the others uh, in there, um, the Daring Adventures of Android Jones. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's heating up. He has a, a little Spider-Man fan comic too. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. Uh, you can find it at Write Jesse Write. So the the word write as in writing. Jesse J E S S E. Then the word write again. Dot uh, com slash comics. But if you go to writejessewrite.com, there's a little navigation bar, and you can just click on his comics as well. Um, and this is, I think, this is kind of his portfolio site too. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to, to 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 kind of follow uh, if and and where he goes from here. Yeah, did you see on his blog page, there's one that looks really interesting. It's got, like, some alien guy and these kid space adventurers and, like, a robot demon guy and a character named Shark Shark. Did you see that one? That one looks interesting. I don't know what it's about, but just looking at the character breakdown and the uh, and the teaser image for that, I'm like, I want to see that. Is that the, the Dash Bradbury? Maybe that's what it is. One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I mean, I guess I just kind of flip through uh he's he's got he's working on on a lot of different projects i think yeah, just yeah. kind of yeah dash bradbury that's um, it yeah so yeah yeah a lot of this stuff looks really cool it's just interesting i mean it you know usually we get a single comic from someone or if we get a website it's kind of a web comic but uh jesse young kind of is like hey look at my you know portfolio site so it's i mean it's interesting to see this this aspect of things it's not something that we usually talk about on the show a lot obviously like almost every writer and artist has a blog Mm -hmm. that you know if you're like man i really like uh i don't know scotty young you can go to his site and basically get and you know follow him on twitter and do stuff like that and get like daily updates on what your favorite uh, writers and artists are doing yeah gail um, simone has so, a, gail simone has a tumblr page that's pretty cool gailsimone.tumblr.com yeah, yep ape and a cape a lot of a lot of uh, artists and writers are on tumblr a lot of artists are on deviantart as well so you mm-hmm. kind of can find this like trifecta and 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 usually you know some writers are very good about posting um the same piece everywhere, right? So somebody will post something to their DeviantArt and their Tumblr and their blog if it's separate from their Tumblr and their Twitter, but not always. So you know, if there's if there's a writer or an artist that you uh, that you really, 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 really like, I would I would definitely recommend tracking them down in every piece of social media that you can, because that you know a lot of the time they will just not post something somewhere and if you're only following them on twitter you will probably find out what they had for lunch but you might miss a, an important announcement <laughs> cool so yeah yeah uh, yeah right Jesse, right check it out it's it's got and if if nothing else it's a quick re- it's a quick read yeah oh yeah but i i thought so too i was like Oh, uh, well, this is kind of a, and I don't want to say this is a, a a cheat because Rodrigo is reviewing a comic, but I was like, well, this is so short. This isn't, you know, and then I started reading and I was like, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to go back and read this again. And then I want to go in and read it again. And this time really pay attention to the art. And then I want to go in and pay attention to the lettering. And then I'm going to read about this comic. So by the time I was really done analyzing this piece, it does take you, you know, 15 minutes or so to tootle around and really sure. discover what's going on in this story and and appreciate everything that's put together. So it's, it's, it's worth checking out. 
Yeah, and that's and that's partially that's the nice thing about it, right? Is that the piece itself is short. Like a, a lot of the time, we as as comic book reviewers, we sit down and we read a comic, and it's like okay, plot and art and lettering and coloring and all this stuff that is important. But you know, you are looking at twenty pages. If you are, if we're doing a trade, we're looking at like a hundred pages or more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so. With something so condensed, it really gives you a chance to look it over, take some time and really kind of take it in. You know, like there's like details about like how like the walls and this courthouse are like really ugly and they might have like bullet holes and stuff in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you might not appreciate if the comic continued for 20 more pages. Yep. Now, there you know? even seems to be maybe a reference to – um um. Crap, what the hell is the name of that Western that I loved on HBO? Um, Deadwood? Deadwood. Because in the back of one of those panels, you look in where the saloon is hanging out, and that sure as heck looks like um, Swidgen. Swearingen? Yeah, Swidgen. Uh, Standing up then. Yeah. Uh, Standing up there on the balcony looking out. It's it's an interesting book. Or I shouldn't say book. It's an interesting uh, short subject. Yeah, short subject piece, yeah. 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 There's, there's a, there's a lot to look at here and there's a lot to, to appreciate. So, I mean, I was, I was glad to have come across it again. When I started going through it, I expected that it was either good because he, you know, the, um, it's, it's not like, uh, he said, Hey, I have this huge comic for you to read. Like, it's not like there was any like duplicity about it. It's just, I just went in expecting that this was kind of either an ongoing series or something a little bit larger, but I wasn't disappointed by its length. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very cool. All right, uh, Zach, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming up just around the corner. Yeah. And a lot of people of are August. interested in it because a lot of people don't even know what the heck a Guardians of the Galaxy is. And so why is Marvel yes. devoting all their time to a movie about it? How can we find out more? Well, if you're like me and don't know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy and would like to learn a little bit, I suggest... um. Maybe skipping this. Oh, really? Go to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, prelude number one of two. So, and you're thinking, well, aren't there four characters of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, there are four main characters. So, shouldn't there be at least four issues? You would think so. This issue does not revolve around any of the main characters, but a villain. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun. This uh, issue revolves around the story of Nebula, who is played by um, that uh, actress Gillen. who played Amy Pond. Yep. Karen Gillan. Yes, Karen Gillan. She shaved her head for this role. Um, wow, she shaved her head for this comic. Yes, exactly. Wow, they needed, that's dedication. They they wanted reference material. And then they saw it, and then they said, eh, don't want to use it. Because it doesn't really look like her, which is weird. Uh, because uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you do run into issues of... Um, is this a drawn book or a photo book? This is a drawn book. Okay. If it was a photo book, it'd be really hard to get the look right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is all about Nebula and her relationship with one of the characters of Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora. And I learned about their relationship in which they are sisters and or act like sisters. I guess I didn't really figure that out. But um, I did learn that Nebula 
is a student of Thanos. Ooh, and Thanos makes an appearance in this book, mainly to be like, learn from your fail- failures and be stronger. While <laughs> she recuperates in this tube of healing stuff. And um, pretty much it's just like, she's doing a thing to find a gem for Thanos. Or some stone, which I, I would assume is uh, one of the Infinity Gems. She's saying, Thanos, you're getting kind of flabby. You need to go find find yes. a gem. Yes. Okay. Uh, drives down Sunset Boulevard and it's like, uh, are you guys open 24 hours? I have a guy that needs to come in. Uh, but she doesn't find it because it's <laughs> stolen. And Gamora comes and is trying to bail her out of the situation. Gets She gets in and then she's like, nope, you suck. Here's a sword. You have to cut off your arm and make your way back to your rehab gel place. And that's how the comic kind of ends with uh, Nebula being <laughs> pissed at Gamora. And so I guess that's that will go take us into the movie. And um, I believe in the trailer there is a shot of them like fighting. So um, I guess what I was like, I wanted to read this book because like I don't know anything about this team. Teach me something that will hopefully be relevant in the movie. And did I get that? Possibly a little bit in the fact that um, these two characters don't like each other and that we learn Thanos is involved, which I think is kind of important considering we saw Thanos at the end of the uh, Avengers movie and he hasn't appeared since. Yeah. Um, It's probably because he got stuck in one of those... uh three-year gym memberships right and he only went until march and then he kind of stopped showing up Mm -hmm. so that's why we haven't seen him in any of the movies right right he's kind of you know gotta gotta build up that physique to look good on the film Um, how many movies have there been since then thor 2 captain america 3 iron man 3 um so three now i think it's three movies yeah yeah a whole television series with multiple episodes in that Guardians will come out. Yeah, clearly they've they've got the money to put Thanos on screen. <laughs> they can't even hire a guy who's not made of wood. Wood. Uh, Agent Wood, you know the guy. Nope. Art is it's it's not horrible. It isn't. Um, I feel like capture the facial features of um, Zoe Zeldana, Zeldana, who plays Gamora in the movie, or. Um, uh, the actress who plays Nebula, um, which I mean, I guess that happens all the time. But <laughs> I felt like a comic that is touting a movie might eh, nail it a little bit closer. But um, that's okay, I guess. Uh, I li- I did like the design of things. There are these cool floating, what are they called? Cloud tombs of Praxius. They're cool. I don't know what they are, but there's these giant triangle things. Uh, floating in the sky on a planet. And those look really cool. And a lot of the machines and stuff had a nice design to it. So I enjoyed that bit. But I really wanted uh, to learn more about this character or at least some other characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was a little disappointed. Next issue, though, is uh, Rocket and Groot. Which, that'll be exciting, I hope. So I guess I'm mm-hmm. going to look at that because I know which character is going to be. But um, a little disappointed in this issue. I'm just going to give it two slices of meatloaf. Just two? Yeah, just two. Okay. Uh, interestingly, I believe this is the last Abnet and Lanning project where they worked together on this. Um, I know that they had some 
Guardians of the Galaxy work that they had to finish up for Marvel, but uh, those two have officially split and are now working on their own individual projects. Who are those guys? Abnett and Lanning? Mm. Yeah. DNA. Matthew? They're the guys. <laughs> Abnett and Lanning are responsible for the bulk of Cosmic Marvel, including the current in- incarnation of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Annihilation stuff. They did a fascinating run on Legion of Superheroes yeah, yeah, back they did. in the day. Yeah, I like their, their run. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say that I liked it, but it had a lot of interesting ideas. The thing about Gamora, Gamora was adopted by Thanos, whereas Nebula claimed to be Thanos's granddaughter mm. in the comics. So that may be why they're playing up their weird relationship where one is blue and one is green. Right. So also, that's cool. really freaks out the magic decks. <laughs> right. You can't mix blue and green. It's got to be black, white. Yep, exactly. All right. The reviews are done. You can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can read some more reviews over there. And pretty soon we are going to dump on you towards the end of the month. Reviews of reviews of the free comic book day stuff. I got in all of the free. Well, not all of the free comic book day, all the printed free comic book days that Diamond Comics had available. Mm -hmm. They arrived yesterday and there's probably got to be looks like 50 of them in that pile. And then they sent us PDFs of the ones they couldn't get printed before sending them to us. So uh-huh. we've got I think we've got all of the free comic book day titles that are out there. And I can tell you right now, free comic book day, it's the first weekend in May. So that's May 3rd, uh, 2014. There are comics for everybody. If you want something for kids, there's Smurfs, there's Power Rangers. Uh, what else you got there, Zach? Um, uh, what's in front of me? Uh, Smurfs, what? Power Rangers, and uh, uh, Uber, uh, Uber which is definitely one. not for kids. Uh, Project Black. That's from Sky. Dark, that's from Dark Horse. And, um, and they've got some grown-up stuff in there. Some Valiant multi-people book. They've got some stuff for, for grown-up people. That'll be really cool. Um, I think Free Comic Book Day is going to be a blast if, if your comic book shop is participating, or your Hastings or other bookstore may be participating. Uh, go ask them if they are participating. Matthew, have you gotten in your copies yet for free comic book day at the uh, gatekeeper? Mm, I believe we have. They're in a box uh, somewhere in my office. I haven't opened that box because I'm still working on tons and tons and tons of old stuff. But Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I can't wait for free comic book day this year. It's always fun time. It is always fun times because you know what happens the next day? No. What's that? May the 4th oh, be with you, that's man. True. Star Wars. Uh, well, won't Free Comic Book Day uh, be May 4th? Won't it be a Saturday? No, I'm pretty sure May 4th is a Sunday this year. Oh, it is? Because I thought May 3rd was Spider Man 2. Well, let us look. I'm looking at May. May the 4th is a Sunday. Oh. May the 3rd is a Saturday. May 2nd. May is the 2nd Spider-Man. is a Friday. Weirdly, May the 1st is a Tuesday. We don't know how the hell that is. Yeah, happened. boy, and I can't wait to see how many people call into work on May 5th. Why? Why? Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. It's my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Mrs. Spiker. Cinco de Mama. <laughs> cinco de you mama. have your Cinco. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the most charming thing I've ever heard that's, you say. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what cute. I always say on that her birthday. That was adorable. That's what I always say on her birthday. That was adorable. <laughs> and then I get her liquored up and <laughs> give me all make fun money. of her. <laughs> Wow. No. Well, it was fun while it lasted. No, it's Cinco de Mama's. We knew, we knew it couldn't birthday. stay. Mom's birthday. Um, That's awesome. So a lot of stuff going on over at Majorspoilers.com. If you were looking for sneak peeks, mm-hmm. Tuesday is the day to check out the site because we dump a bunch of them on there for you. 
something for everybody. So if you're looking for, uh, well, we do. We just dump them out there and let people enjoy them, find the things that they are interested in. I would say it's almost like a brownout of teasers. <laughs> oh, not quite. Not quite. <sighs> it, it, brownout would be a brownout of teasers would be like you load up the site and suddenly your computer goes dim for just a few seconds. Oh, let's let's get that right. He Zach. was making it. I know job. what he was doing. <laughs> Okay. We're trying to remove away Zachary, from Zachary Elvis fetish. Presley. Hey, Wolf. Matthew giggled when you I said dump. You? <laughs> he giggled for an I wasn't thinking about that. Let's uh-huh. get to the major spoilers poll of the week. Please. It's time. <laughs> you come on like a flame and you turn the cold shoulder, but the major spoilers poll of the week does not care about your approval. And your George R. R. Martin jokes and or poop jokes. No, 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 no. It is the poll of the week, 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 week. Yeah, week, the major spoilers week, poll week. of the week. A poll of fire and ice. So that's that George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I got we it. got it. We, we and got I was it. like, moving oh, in for the kill. I bet this is about Game of Thrones. And boom, wasn't. It's about Marvel. Yeah. Who's going to win in a fight to the death? Iceman, who's got like ice powers. Or the human torch who has like <laughs> fire powers. Torch power. Interesting. Yeah, which yes, I believe powers. like if you look at their like Fleer Ultra trading cards <laughs> in the back, it does say Iceman powers like ice powers. <laughs> yeah. Actually I would not put that past Fleer Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> and Rodrigo, the human torch says like fire. Like fire, man. Rodrigo, who's gonna win in a fight uh-huh. to the death? Iceman or the human torch? Uh so I think the the obvious choice here would be that the Human Torch would win because, d- d- generally speaking, um, fire tends to melt ice. Um, and so Iceman's, like, ice structures would probably have a hard time, you know, containing or, or hitting the, the Human Torch. But uh, I think that... Uh, Iceman would actually win because of experience. Um, because, as you all well know, uh, for a long time, Iceman was part of a trio uh, with Spider-Man and <laughs> Firestar. So Iceman actually has had a partner who is very fiery and who uses fire powers and has had time to observe what a flying fire shooting person would do uh, in a fight as well as uh, has some amount of uh, experience just being in close proximity to somebody who is largely made of fire. I mean, Firestar kind of had like a little floaty fire aura, uh, which was probably way easier to animate. Um, So because of his time uh, being an amazing friend and or a spider friend, depending on uh, what what sort of uh, call to action you're using, um, I would I would actually give it to Iceman. OK, I'm also going to go with Iceman. Um, I think at one point uh, Magneto said that uh, he could be one of the most powerful mutants out there. And I think yeah, we've also Magneto seen him. I think we've also seen him get melted down to like water or vapor and then reform himself. Wasn't that in the. Uh, uh, oh, yes. We've seen we've seen Iceman do some ridiculous stuff. He's had like a hole punched into in the middle of his thorax and yeah. just kind of re-ice himself back to alive. I think he I think he could just <laughs> uh, sense. I think he could just rain down upon the human torch and extinguish that guy pretty quick. So my vote is for Iceman. Zach, uh, you mentioned that Magneto once said that Iceman could be the most powerful mutant. 
yes ever and yes. so to someone in the comments and i said it sounds like a bunch of bull crap because i think everyone has been the most powerful <laughs> mutant at one point so i'm gonna go with the human torch because oh. he's not a mutant yeah i know so he could be the most powerful whatever he is uh, I see, I freak see. of science yeah freak and, of science uh, experiment gone wrong i don't really know because i just like uh one if the human torch won and controlled the world he could make it you know like a balmy 80 all year round and i have the no greenhouse idea gases i would kick just in assume <laughs> i would assume he could do that for me at least make my own bubble uh Iceman, if he run the world ran the world run the keeps world, it a cool 72 uh, I don't know what he would do, but it's, it feels like it'd be a much colder place, and I don't like the cold. So anytime cold I think, I think, can lose, I'm with that. I think my reasons uh, make no ask, sense ever. Yeah, I think when you ask Zach who would win in a fight between Iceman and the Human Torch, he says, I hope it's Storm. Because <laughs> I know who she is. Yeah, yeah, she's Halle Berry. She'll make the weather nice. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Well, this is a difficult one for me because either way, you're dealing with characters who were created by Lee and Kirby in the early 60s, which means they have been through infinite changes. I mean, they've both been dead and back and evil. And I think Iceman tried to destroy the world and the Human Torch was rebuilt by Annihilus and had ultimate fire powers. And I know the Human Torch once tried to melt Galactus. Whereas Iceman, you know, had had a lot of guts. You got to give him credit. He threw a snowball in Magneto's face once so that his friends could, you know, do some real superhero stuff. So what it really comes down to to me is I had to look at it on a metatextual level. Metatextually, outside of the universe, right? The Human Torch was part of the Fantastic Four. Martin Goodman said, Stan, go create me a team like that Justice League. Stan and Jack, give us the Fantastic Four. Okay. A couple of years later, Martin Goodman says, Stan, give me more of that Fantastic Four. So Stan says, okay, instead of a fire guy, these X-Men will have an ice guy. And I says to myself, well, if Iceman is designed to be an expatriate version of the Human Torch, then clearly the Human Torch is the original article. So I went with the Human Torch, both because, you know, for a while he wore a cool red costume and because Iceman was essentially created to be the opposite of the Human Torch. He was the the young kid on the team. He was the one who was kind of a, a, a hothead, for lack of a better word. But instead of having fiery powers, he had ice powers. So I chose the Human Torch over Iceman because of that. Okay. I like what... That's uh, all true fact, by the way. I'm I'm sure it is true fact. I like what uh, Ashley said. <laughs> Ashley Robinson, who's one of our writers. I just don't like Johnny, and Bobby makes me happy. It's an easy choice. Pierce says, uh, <laughs> going back to his first appearance, anyone who has the balls to stand toe-to-toe with Magneto and chuck snowballs just might be crazy enough to pull this off or stupid enough to die horribly while doing so. George W. says, this is a tough one. I think it depends on what era of Iceman we're talking about. Uh, if Bobby's in full form, I'm not sure there's anything Torch can do to really stop him. I mean, Bobby has been turned into water vapor and then reformed himself. What was... what? What was that in? Wasn't that? Um, didn't we read that one? Uh, in I one think of the that trains? may have been in or around X Men Supernovas. Oh, um, was it I, that? Yeah, I want to. Well, Iceman's power for the last fifteen odd years has not been controlling panel. ice. Yeah, but turning into ice. 
And I think one of the issues, it had the cover where Mystique was kissing him while he melted away into nothing. Mm. Yeah. It was the, the Joe Casey run on X-Men around issue 200, I want to say. Uh, Ray says Bobby's powers are actually pretty damn mighty. And then he goes on and explains it. Head over to the comment section. You can read it. He summarizes saying, since he can't be, be put down easily, uh, put uh, and is uh, designed to eliminate Johnny's strength, got to go with Ice Ice Baby. Russ Cat says, for some reason, I feel that Iceman can be a little bit more vicious in a fight to the death. Uh, Robbie says it would all come down to speed. Can Bobby reach absolute zero before Johnny goes Nova? Uh, Magneto wants, oh, that's the comment about uh, most powerful mutant on Earth. Mm -hmm. So how did... I I really, I do think that it would be funny if this fight did just come down to, like, them standing, like, five feet away from each other. Oh, yeah, just And basically going, and seeing who can get, like, whether one reaches absolute zero or the other one goes supernova. I think it would be funnier if the Human Torch is like, well, Galactus said I was an Omega-level threat. And Iceman's like, well, Magneto said I was one of the most powerful mutants alive. Yeah, well, Johnny's like, like, okay, you win. And then they they just hug and go get some ice cream. (laughs) They hug it out, and then there's a big mess of steam. And then they go. (laughs) I think it would. Now there's just a big mess of steam, and we fade to black. (laughs) Or Iris wipe in. Yeah, but they just like uh, team up to play pranks on Spider-Man. I think it's mostly what there you go. That's what they should do. (laughs) So, how does the uh, major spoilers nation voting right now, Matthew? I think we should write a song, The Ballad of Johnny and Bobby. 104 faithful spoiler rights have voted as of this second. I've been watching this one since it went up today. Uh, as I made my vote, it was 50-50. As we hit 50 votes, it was 50-50. As we hit 75 votes, it was 50-50. 104 votes in the can right now. Iceman leading with 51% of the vote which means one vote <laughs> ahead of the Human Torch at 49. 104 people, 53 have voted Iceman, 51 Human Torch. So that's actually a difference of two votes, but that's okay because math is not my strong suit. I'm a liberal arts major. Okay, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. Better hurry. It's only up there for a week, and then it disappears. Forever. For at least another week. Oh, no. Ever. Now you can go back into the archives. I'm sure people can still vote on something that we did 25 years ago. I, I believe you can. Well, not 25 years ago. There was no internet then. Sure, there was. It's called the internet. It was 1989. It was a secret. It was a secret. <laughs> Internet's been around since like the 1960s. Yeah. Oh, even before then. Did, did the you have access to it? With the trees. Uh, no, because I was not at, um, I was not at Berkeley, nor was I at, um, What's the one in Utah? I forget what the Harvard. school it was in Utah. Harvard. No, it was three schools out Harvard in the western Mormon in the west. No, not Mormon Tabernacle. Not Brigham Young either. <laughs> also, in the 1960s, I wasn't born yet. Uh, listeners, if you want to help us out, <sighs> check out one of our fine sponsors, the Major Spoilers Podcast. They've, they've sponsored everything up until this point, and I'm sure they will continue to sponsor <laughs> Everything after for the rest of this episode. As long as long as we cut back on the poop jokes. <laughs> TweakedAudio.com. Check this out. They put produce. Oh, I finally had a pair of my tweaked audio headphones go bad. No. Finally. No. Finally. Because what happened was What's I kept slamming like it in a drawer oh. by accident. The cable kept getting slammed in the drawer and it got just pinched and kinked enough times to where it, it broke mm-hmm. and was causing a short. But guess what? Got a new pair Bam. just like that. Different color this time. Instead of the lime green, it's the uh, mustard uh, mustard yellow. Ooh. 
Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, Sounds great. They come in a variety of different colors. I think six different colors plus wood, which isn't really a color. You can put a, get a microphone built in, which I do, because I like to just sit there and listen, and then people call in, and I just touch my the little button on my phone that mm-hmm. says answer, and then I can start talking, and the people walk into my office and wonder Hello, who I'm talking to. Hello, my name is Stephen. How may I help you? Oh, I don't even say that. It's like, I've called. It's like, what do you want? Yeah. Uh, is Mr. That, Schlager there? No. 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 Which which really really throws people off as they're walking by because Stephen's like, I'm walking on sunshine. Well, well, what do you want? <laughs> Tweaked audio headphones have a noise-reducing design. They're compatible with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, and most other phones. You have a, you don't have, you have an iPhone, right? I do have an iPhone. I want somebody to try these out with that uh, new Galaxy S5. That looks like a pretty sharp phone. Thank you. And uh, tell me how they that work. Huge. It <laughs> is. That's one thing that I like. That's one thing I like about that Galaxy S5. It's smaller than an iPad Mini, but it's bigger than an iPhone, and I like the screen real estate that's on there. Mm. And uh, a couple yeah. of people at my work have have those at my real world yeah. job have those. My, and I, I dig them quite a bit. My friend Aubrey has one. I'll yeah. see if I can get her to buy a tweaked audio headset. Well, here's what she needs to do. She needs to go to tweakedaudio.com. Listeners, you need to do the same thing. Tweakedaudio.com. When you pick your headphones that you like, when you pick up the earbuds that you like, when you pick up these great sounding uh, listening devices, enter the code major at checkout and you'll get 33% off the price. Retail price thirty four ninety five. After the major spoilers discount twenty seven ninety five. Bam, bam is I'm right. Uh, I'm gonna get a new pair soon. Tweakedaudio.com. Get a couple of pair. Do like I do, Zach. Keep a pair with you uh-huh. in your car or in your book bag or whatever that you carry around. What what do hipsters carry around? They don't carry book bags. Uh, satchels. 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 They have satchels. So you keep a pair in your satchel, and then you so keep dumb. a pair at work. That way, in case you leave your satchel in the car and it's right. cold and you can't open up that shed door that they have you working in, mm-hmm. you've got another pair sitting there at your desk that yeah. you just pop in and listen. I don't want to wear my big headphones when I go on a shoot. Tomorrow, no, audio. no, you just pop no. those things in your in your ear. Yeah. Don't have a true pair of cans. True pair of cans would be better for you. Oh, really? But well, these tweaked yeah. audio headphones have this noise-canceling design <laughs> that blocks out a bunch of outside stuff, mm-hmm. and they're great. Uh, Matthew, when you're on the treadmill, keep an extra pair right there at the treadmill so you always have... A pair of headphones there when you climb on that treadmill and start walking around. I know. Rodrigo, so we're speaking theoretically, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking literally. When you get on that treadmill, you've got a pair of headphones there. You plug them into your. What do you have? You <laughs> got a uh, BlackBerry. You got a BlackBerry. I'm not sure these work with Blackberries. What is your phone? I don't, think I don't have a BlackBerry. BlackBerry. What is your phone? I got a a Razer, oh, Razer. Ma, a Motorola. Does it got Ooh, regular? Nice. Does it got a regular earphone connection on it? You know, the mini? Yeah, just a little poppy hoppy. I bet this would work I with that as well. I have a pair of well. tweaked audio headsets, but the child stole them. Ah, oh, so see, you need to buy Children. one for you, your wife, your roommate, your boss at work to get in good with her, <laughs> and you need to buy one for young Zach so you're in good with him. Yeah, because I control your fate in life. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, Matthew, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> looking good don't worry i got you for now especially if he gets you a pair of tweaked audio headphones tweakedaudio.com that's where you want to go we thank them for their support okay so i've been interested in uh the dresden files for a while have you are you guys familiar with this with this series yeah you are matthew have you read the books sarah loves them and will pimp the books to you at any cost she'll be like you should tell me this so i have read um what was the first one fool moon yeah fool um, what is it the first uh, here's the here's the reason why I, i'm kind of familiar with the uh, book because i just downloaded the audiobook today 
I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but let me do another quick plug for um, audiblepodcast.com slash critical hit. Okay. Audiblepodcast.com slash critical hit. Go over there. You can get a free 30 day trial. One of the audio books you could get is the Dresden Files. And I picked up nice. and have been listening to Stormfront. That's the first book from a Jim Butcher. A Butcher. The Dresden Butcher. Files. Butcher? <laughs> I hardly, what? Oh. So uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to shout that out on a non-critical hit episode, but I'll do it anyway. I don't think they'd be upset if you did that. Probably I not, except they have to pay out. <laughs> uh, well, well, then maybe. Then, then, they are, then they're definitely upset about it. So that. Matthew, give us, a, give us a rundown. Give us a rundown of who this, uh, who this Dresden guy is. Jim, or what's his this name? Dresden. Uh, what's his full Harry name? Harry, Harry Blackstone Houdini uh, Dresden. No, Harry Blackstone. Uh, David Copperfield. Co- Copperfield. Copperfield. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Harry is a wizard. And if you look in the Chicago phone book in his world, Harry is actually listed in the Chicago phone book as a wizard. And that's his big thing. Basically, he lives in a world where magic exists. And Harry Dresden has become basically kind of a, a, a Rockford Files type detective mm-hmm. using his magical type powers but apparently, the thing about it is magic is, and rightfully so, somewhat limited on his world. He has certain specific things that he can and can't do. Uh, he has problems interacting with technology. So rather than drive a new, modern, awesome car like Steven would have, he has a crappy 1950s <laughs> Volkswagen Beetle. 2006 Jeep Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harry also subverts a little bit of the wizardy, magic-y thing by carrying a gun just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, at one point, I think uh, he well, the one that I read. He had like a three fifty seven Magnum. Oh, that's cool! And in, just an enormous chunk of gun. Well, and Harry goes out and has adventures and kind of gets into Rockford Files type things mm-hmm. that he then has to unwind with his magical powers. So here's the thing that I'm confused about, uh, and I'm trying to find this out. And I'm only through the first chapter of the audio book because I just picked it up today because I was like, hey, I want to check this out. Um, Stormfront? Oh, and by the, by the way, Stormfront read by James Marsters. So if you're a fan of him, he's reading the book. Well, that's nice. Um, is so he using his English accent? Nah, not really. Okay. Here and there, little bits okay. when it's appropriate. Uh, so here's the thing that I don't okay. understand in this world. He's the only public yeah. wizard, right? I mean, there's wizards council, the white council or whatever they are that, there, uh, govern are the wizards. wizards. If I understand it correctly, and Sarah will actually correct me if I'm wrong, Harry is considered to be by the wizards kind of a jerk ah. because of his using his powers in the public eye. So then that Harry leads to my other question. Is, is stretching two worlds. So that leads to my other question. Is the world mm-hmm. aware of magic? So are the, you know, like in, in Harry Potter, the, the um, normals. What are they called in Harry yeah, Potter? Muggles. 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 They don't know anything about the magic. They don't know anything about the magic world. And if they see it, they freak out and have all sorts of conniptions. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Sarah, does the whole world know that Harry has magic? Well, does does oh, the world no. know that there's magic? They have magic. Okay. They know that he claims to have magic, but I think that the knowledge of actual magic so is, the normal, is, is kind of a thing. For the most part, the normal world, unless you buy into it, the Muggles of right. the uh, Dresden Files don't believe in vampires or <laughs> ghouls or goblins. Right. I guess is my take. And we kind of, we do kind of see that in the story that we read this week. Right. As well. This week we're reading um, the, uh, people, goblin. 
People are aware of and have opinions about it, but I don't think that the general public considers magic to be real. Again, I read the Stormfront, and then I read this six-issue Frassum. So, so I, be- uh, I believe that Harry's mother was like super, super powerful, awesome. Ah, okay. So give us a rundown then of um, Ghoul Goblin, Matthew. Ghoul Goblin. Google Gobble. Google Gobble. Harry Dresden gets hired by a, I want to say a deputy Mm -hmm. of a creepy little town somewhere in Missouri. Right. To come and help him because the deputy believes that there's something strange and mystical going on in his hometown. Mm -hmm. Whereas the actual sheriff thinks that Harry is, you know, a swindler and a cheat and a con man and doesn't have any use for it. And Harry gets wrapped up in something that looks like it could be a perfectly normal sort of a murder situation, but turns out to be an enormous, massive thing involving a centuries old or not centuries old, but at least a generations old curse on a particular family. And so he comes to Boone's Hill, Boone's Farm. Yes, Boone's Farm, Missouri to uh, try and save this family from the curse that's killing them all one by one. Uh, we get to see the the um, origin of the curse in the uh, very first chapter, mm-hmm. which takes place in Cairo in 1917, where this, uh, this uh, what is he, a major? Uh, yeah, British, I think he's a British general. Yeah, pisses off a bunch of mystic yeah. guys, and they curse him. Uh, but what's really funny is the guy that's trying to keep uh, the major in line they throw out this mm-hmm. line and say, ah, don't tell me about yeah. it. Just go, go hang out with your, your, uh, your friends in the desert, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, nice little touch. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of, kind of looks like he could be Peter O'Toole. Yeah. yeah. Just a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. The, I think, the, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. The, uh, the art isn't necessarily representational enough of, of facial expressions in a realistic way to make him look like Peter O'Toole, but you can look and say, yeah, that's meant to be Peter O'Toole, so that's fun. So, and then of course, when we meet Harry, he's drowning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's nice too. So when uh, Harry gets to to Missouri, he pulls out this talking mm-hmm. skull. Is this talking skull uh, this little sidekick character a thing that's in in the yeah. uh, series as well? Yeah, that's Bob. Oh, okay. And uh, Rodrigo, <laughs> go ahead. Bob Bob is basically his his Giles the Watcher, I think. Bob is the one who tells him all the stuff he needs to know about magic and magical type stuff. Okay. Interesting. Now, Rodrigo, did you ever watch the Dresden Files on Sci-Fi Channel when it was on? I did. I, I've watched the show, which I understand is very different from the books oh, okay. uh, in, in some ways. Because I was going to ask then, how did your comic book reading align with uh, the TV series that, that you watched? I, I I didn't like, like I've been told that that the that what happens in the show is very different from the books, but the, I, I'd say the character is very similar, as well as you know his abilities and his relationships. Um, the the guy who plays Bob in the series is actually pretty cool. Like the the <laughs> the the actor and kind of the 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 banter between them is pretty good. Um, as so I I kind of had a um. I guess a, a basis to 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 judge this from uh, knowing the show, but I also tried to keep an up in mind in the sense that, like, at at any point they could be like, "Oh yeah, this is uh, Dresden's I don't know communicator watch that that wasn't in the show," and I would just assume that it's something that was in the book and not in the show, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry finds out 
that uh, the curse put on the Talbot family. Um, it's not really totally explained. And I think that's one of the problems that I had in this, why there's only a ghoul and a goblin going after the Talbots and not other creatures or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, well, it's some, almost like they have a contest going on between yeah. them to see who's going to kill all the Talbot lineage first. But it's not I don't know. I don't know the rules of magic in this world. And I don't know if, you know, how this curse works, because quite frankly, the curse isn't spelled out. Sure. In, in in the story. Yeah, it did seem that there was a game of one of this one of these horrible creatures had to kill the most of this family mm-hmm. and then gain mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Not sure what they were gaining. Mm-hmm. Um but they were set on killing people. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And, and so, it seemed it seemed ahead. like somehow the Naga that we meet, the the giant right. snake spirit, was somehow mm-hmm. like the referee or right. Right. She she was kind of like overseeing this whole situation to mm-hmm. see who could who would. Well, I think she's I'm just not, again. I, that I, wasn't necessary. The thing that I got yeah, from the, that was the, go I ahead. Think the, the the issue is, um, I, I like like you. I don't understand what the what the deal is with the curse. I can only imagine that the curse makes these guys more delicious, mm-hmm. and that's why the goblin and the ghoul are competing over it. But what the the involvement of the naga is that the ghoul and the goblin are on different teams right, right. and they can't interact they can't fight each other directly and if they do then that's going to make the naga mad which is why they don't just attack each other um, what yeah where they're actually just trying to basically compete to to see who gets this the the other people rather than just going after each other which makes it interesting in the fact that it seems like they can't just attack each other when the goblin takes the uh, mm-hmm. girl creature changing thing. The ghoul. The ghoul. Uh, she's a girl. As a hostage. And she's a girl right. royal, so you get it. Yeah, okay. Uh, as a hostage <laughs> cool. as uh, yeah. his cover when um, Dresden sees him at the funeral and starts attacking. That's who he grabs is the ghoul right, right. trying to protect himself. So we're reading the uh, collected trade uh, through Comixology. Um, this is put out by Dynamite Entertainment. Um, was it a big surprise who the ghoul was? Not Nope. Nope. Wasn't no, even close. The art made it 100% yeah. clear from Forget the first that. appearance. Like her, the, the moment she appears as the ghoul and she is like, she, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. As the girl. Oh, okay. And as she's like, and she's very supportive of the deputy. I was like, she's a bad guy because mm-hmm. no one, no one ever, no one ever writes like very supportive girlfriends unless there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah. Visually striking, but visually speaking, the second I saw her, mm-hmm. I went, okay, that's interesting. Why are they doing that with her visual with, with the way she's designed? Right. And then as soon as I saw the ghoul and it's either later in the same or like in a net yeah, issue, like issue, like issue, like yeah. issue three. Same. Yeah. Well, she's yeah, wearing, same the ghouls, character. Ghouls it was wearing the same clothes. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was not in any way. No. Wicked. Would you have preferred it to be <coughs> radically different? That's what I was kind of hoping for. I was hoping from the art side that the ghoul would look radically different than the than the girl. Well. I mean, they did it with the Naga the, and the uh, the human form of the Naga. Yeah. Well, and I think what what. Without getting too far into any issues I have with the art, I think what it was in that case, specifically with her, 
was a limitation of the art team on the book. Mm-hmm. I think it was something where I, I, I don't think because the way the story parsed it, it was supposed to be a surprise. Clearly mm-hmm. we were supposed to, cause Harry went, Oh crap, it's her. Mm-hmm. Unless they were trying to give us, you know, the readers a big bone and say, we're all geniuses because we saw this coming. Mm-hmm. I think it was something where the artist made a decision that made it clear unintentionally when the story was trying to keep it under wraps until the big reveal. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it was, I think it was purposeful to a degree. I think it was a sort of thing. I mean, I think it was that, I think um, the, the writer and, and artist decided that they would have this like basically clues as to who the ghoul was, because at no point do the characters ever say, Oh, this ghoul has taken human form and is kicking around somewhere. Right, like right. for all, you know, this ghoul can't take human form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if right. you, if you see the clues, which are broad, um, you can you can spot who the ghoul is, but if you're not looking for that at all, then you would be surprised. So it does have that. I, th- I think that is what it is. Is it, it allows uh, jerks like us to feel smart, <laughs> um, and it allows people who aren't particularly paying attention to those aspects or aren't familiar with those tropes. Um, it allows them to to be surprised. Now there's a uh, mm-hmm. there's a mayor in town, and she seems to uh, mm-hmm. not like Talbot very much. The the elder Talbot, uh, who dies pretty quick in the book, she seems to have something out against him and wants to keep Dresden around as long as possible. Turns out she's got a kind of a magical secret of her own. She's got a genie. And she's uh, in love with a genie. And again, I don't I'm, I'm just learning more about the Dresden files and how the rules of magic work in this world. Have you ever read Dresden files? Zach? No, this is the first time I've ever heard of this. So apparently you have to follow very strict rules or the universe comes crashing down upon you and, and extracts a judgment with extreme prejudice. Very so uh, apparently when the mayor was a younger girl, she was uh, in Cairo doing research or doing something over there. And um, she got trapped by a bunch of mummies and her guide had his own genie protector. Well, that Jin fell in love with her instantly, abandoned the guide mm-hmm. and uh, protected her and has stayed with her all these years from a young girl to an old woman. But nobody can see the, the, the genie because if he appears um, because he broke the rules, he's going to be taken away to a very bad place or something. Yeah. Something horrible is going to happen to him. His, his genie bosses will see him on their magical genie radar. Yeah. And they'll be able to come in and sweep down and, and send him off to genie jail, basically. Oh, genie jail. Genie jail. <laughs> mm. And it's not a... Uh, you got to be careful about genie jail. It's not a plush bottle. <laughs> it's a... Where you have yeah, to take a, a No, they make the you major. wear parachute pants Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the genie... Then Jafar tries to steal your powers. The genie kind of plays a big role at the end of this book. But I think the odd yes. thing that that happens is we don't learn about the genie until, like, the end of issue five, almost. Which... Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. It just seems like the the Deus Ex Machina uh, moment in this book, where it's just like, eh, let's just have a genie take care of everybody's problems. Mm-hmm. Well, it it is another thing though that they did foreshadow because Harry says early on, without another magical power source to draw on, right? He said he said significantly, I don't have the power to fight these two by myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do they do in her first appearance they reference her having a wild background and. There's clearly something up, but again, it's it's one of those things where I feel like all of the foreshadowing may have kind of 
may have blurred into something, yeah. you know? I believe that they were foreshadowing like four secrets because there's the secret that Harry has, there's the secret that the family has, there's the secret of, you know, the girlfriend, there's the secret of the mayor. There's a lot of secrets in this story, and I don't know that mm-hmm. six issues was enough time to get everything out in a, a meaningful fashion. I think that's exactly, I think you hit on the exact problem even though I enjoyed this book, I think that that's the problem. There's not enough time to explore some of the nuances when you're mm-hmm. – li- and again, I'm listening to the audiobook, not reading the book. But it took like 45 minutes to get through the first chapter just as it's being read. And there's a lot of exposition, a lot of stuff that you need to know about who these characters are and what they're doing in this world and how they're set up. Whereas here in the comic book, we can skip over a lot of that stuff and just right. get right to a lot of the action. And I think some of that this explanation like- would help. Jim Butcher, I think, had a full novel worth of story here. Yeah. And I think in, a, in adapting it to the comic page, some of the nuances that he would normally be able to put in, you know, and have the, the little asides and the chapters and the long descriptive paragraphs that you can't get away with in comics. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of, you know, didn't translate when we went to the new medium. So, yeah. Well, here's a spoiler. The good guys win at the end, but not without sacrifice. Yes. Right. And there is sacrifice. And there's some cool backup material at the end. I mean, you get some sketches, you get a panel by panel with script breakdown mm-hmm. in there, which is kind of cool. The original pitch for the mm-hmm. the run. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate this book. I mean, I liked it enough to where it drew me into saying, hey, let me find out more about this Harry Dresden and let me buy mm-hmm. this audio book and let me give it a listen and uh, see what it's about. I, I want to learn more about the rules of magic because it seems that is the most interesting part of this to me. I also like the character of Harry Dresden, basically a gumshoe with, with a magic wand. I think the uh, very first book Stormfront that I'm reading now or listening to now um, was originally titled semi semi auto magic, uh, kind of crossing this line between the hard boiled <laughs> detective and magician. Mm-hmm. So semi auto magic, I think right. is kind of a cool name. I may have to borrow that at some point. That's a great um, name. That's yeah, it is. Name. So overall, you know, I, I liked the story. I thought the art was fine from my perspective. I mean, there are some times where, uh, some of the characters started to look a little bit too much alike in some instances. Um, mm-hmm. but for the art for me was fine. Rodrigo, did you have any issues with the art? Uh, only that I thought some of the girls look very similar. Mm-hmm. I, but it's, it's like, there were like three different kinds of guy faces, but only kind of one kind of lady face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's about the only issue that I had with it. I think some of the stuff, like I, I would have wanted like the goblin to look a little crazier, even if mm-hmm. he was still humanoid, but those are, those are design choices. And he, you know, the, the artist was probably working within the framework that, uh, Butcher had already set up and, you know, his like dozen or so books before this, or maybe five. Okay. I, I don't know how many there were. Four, six, 12. Yeah. One of those numbers. But, uh, so, you know, I, 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 I didn't have any real issue with it other than that. And once I established whose hair color was whose, I was, I was okay. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Zach, any art yeah. issues? No, yeah. just the, just the female thing again. I, when the, uh, the, uh, the eldest Tal- Talbot that makes it most of the book, the one that's protecting the two younger kids, like mm-hmm. she comes out of the mansion and like her hair is flowing the back of the wind and they show a panel of the old mayor lady. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, it's really the same lady, but she's only old because her hair is gray and she's young because it's blonde right. and it's whipping in the wind. There, there are more lines on her yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that was my only other problem. I had, Besides that, I thought it was fine. 
I had I had two things that kept recurring that were a little problematic in terms of okay. the coloring. All right. Um, this is possibly the grayest six issue book I've ever read. Everyone for like the first two issues is dressed in gray and shades of gray. And I think the effect was to go with, you know, maybe to give us some cool blacks and whites and contrasty thing. But the coloring comes across as really kind of flat for me because there's a lot of gray. They get into some blues and some greens and occasionally there's big orange fireball. But overall, when you break it down, the, the design palette was very gray and I found that aside from the the female characters having similarities, there's something about the dimensions of the face that evokes to me Don Martin's work in Mad Magazine and a Bigfoot cartooning style. Oh, I thought you were going to say. I mean, it gives the. I thought you were going to say Umberto Ramos because that's what the style reminded me of. Yeah. Well, and you ha- you have to understand my Umberto Ramos thing is, it's a thing. But it gives me a kind of a, I expect like a Jack Davis comedy perspective. It gives you really, really, mm-hmm. uh, it gives you a lot of facial expression, a lot of range of expression. But it gets to the point where, especially in the monsters, uh, the ghouls' facial structure and expressions, you get into a point where it feels like exaggeration to cartooniness for me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the the scene where Harry has the kitty cat. And he's using the kitty cat to call down the spirit of, I think, the Naga. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. No, this is like it's an, an intermediate oh, no, that's right. spirit. Okay. spirit. Oh, yeah. He's, he's speaking to some nature spirit through the kitty cat. Harry's face goes through some wild contortions. And then the cat's face is equating human expression. And it gets really cartoony and weird for me mm-hmm. to the point where I, I feel like the story might have been the the seriousness and the scariness and the horror aspects, the horror tinges of the story might have been better served by an art style that didn't evoke so much classic Mad Magazine for me. Not that the art is bad, I just feel like tonally it's it's not what I wanted from this story, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, uh, did you like this story overall? Yeah, it was... <laughs> I, I guess I, I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, I guess all all around I I did like it. It's just there were a lot of issues with it. I do like that um this uh story just uh, dispensed with any sort of like clever title and just gives you the like names of the opposition and that's what the story is <laughs> yeah, called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it would be it would be like uh if if the Avengers movie was like Avengers subtitle guys in guys in space sleds also loki yeah 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 like sp- <laughs> actually space eels loki that's what that's what the movie's called would you yeah. rec- would you recommend Which is a good name for a movie uh i think for people who want to get more dresden files uh i would i would recommend it but just i like I get, I get really stuck on the fact that the curse was very poorly defined. Yet mm-hmm. it's a very central aspect of this, um, and and I'm glad to hear that you guys didn't know it either. Because I just I went back through and I was like, where do they explain that a curse makes you more delicious to ghouls? Like mm-hmm. I was just like flipping and flipping and flipping through it, trying to find what I missed, and I just never saw it. Yeah, and it's just unless there's something in previous Dresden books. 
which I think talks is the about case. it, which might well may well be the case. I just you know I, I I couldn't see it. So it might be an issue of not being familiar with the source material of this being such a basic thing in the books that he didn't feel that it needed to be explained. But to me, it was confusing. I mean, you just kind of roll with it, and that's I I think that in the end that was my issue with the book is that it. It's it's readable and it's palatable because it's easy to roll with, but you are constantly being asked to roll with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Zach, recommendations from you? Final thoughts? Um, wasn't a huge fan of this, especially now when I think about more of it in retrospect. I was like, oh, like why there was just a whole lot going on that wasn't explained a whole lot, um, and. That kind of, I just didn't like that very much. I thought it could have been possibly a simpler story um, that I, I might have been drawn to as much uh, or more. Words are hard. Okay. Um, <laughs> but as for recommending this, um, I think Rudder goes right. I think if you want more Dresden in your life, then this might be for you. But if this is your first experience with the property, which uh, with me it was, this uh, probably isn't the best place to start. Okay. Um, I like the story. Like I said, it got me into buying the first audiobook to see, find out more about this world. Um, I, I found that there were some weaknesses in the story. I don't know if this is the one. I, I was trying to get the very first uh, Dresden File arc from um, Dynamite, but they weren't able to get that to me in time. And I knew that the Ghoul Goblin had just finished and a lot of people had said some good things about it. So I figured, ah, hey, let's, let's jump into this one. Uh, I did read... One or two issues from the, uh, I think from the first arc where he was fighting werewolves, um, and that was pretty mm-hmm. intense. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think people might get a kick out of this if they're looking for other magicy stuff that doesn't require people to talk backwards or mind wipe people. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Dresden Files is okay. I like the art. I like uh, I like the art a lot actually. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a uh, go ahead and check it out. Check it out from the library. In fact, I think one of our listeners said he was going to check it out from the library this week so he could read it and listen along to our show. So maybe a library checkout is probably your best option there. Matthew, what about you? I think that the problem that I often run into with adaptations uh, in comic form is that they are aimed directly at and only at the people who already know and love the property in its original form. I mean, that's the reason why I stopped reading comic book versions of the X-Files. It's the reason that I've stopped reading comic book versions of the Twilight Zone recently. We get to a point where you have to have the influence of the other ancillary material, or in this case, the original material, in order for the comic book adaptation to really work. And I think that was that was the only major weakness that I felt about this is you had to be a fan of Dresden for this to really sing. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's aware of the property, someone who's, you know, been interactive with it and knows someone who's like, hop, 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 oh, I love it. It's awesome. Well, you should totally read it. Oh, read it now. Ah! I definitely appreciate that. But I felt like. Again, I, I don't necessarily feel like art and story were on the same page with one another or on the page that I really wanted to see out of it. So I'd recommend it, but I would recommend it mostly to people who already know and love Harry Dresden from the novels or the television show. All right, cool. There you go, listeners. Harry Dresden, the Dresden Files, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files, um, Ghoul Goblin. Ghoul, Ghoul Goblin. Ghoul Goblin. 
Merrill Lynch Pierce, Sacco and Vance. There you go. That wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for following us at Major Spoilers on Twitter or at Z Wolf or at Mighty King Cobra or at uh, Fearsome Critter. We're going to be back next week with more comic book and pop culture goodness. Why? Because we know that you love comics and pop culture, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. I'm Rodrigo. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. With a thick fat about a way, if I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Shot up in a find me in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Whoa, 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 whoa! What a major spoiler! Major spoilers is copyright 2014.